0: This is Workflow, episode 15.
1: Workflow is the podcast that helps teams figure out the best way to work, collaborate, and get stuff done. Brought to you by Rindle. Hey everyone, I'm Tom. And
0: I'm Brian. And we're the co-founders of Rindle, and this is our podcast workflow. Today, we're talking about how to identify if your team is overworked.
1: Cool. Well, before we hop into the topic, what's going on with you, Tom? Uh,
0: disappointed, disappointed in the loss for the Giants last night. It was. Uh, it's just been a bad week for Giants football. Bad That's year for bad, Giants football. Bad
1: week, yeah, because it was Sunday and Thursday.
0: <laughs> yeah, so... I don't know what we're going to do, but that's a,
1: a depressing way to go to bed. <laughs> yeah, I pretty much wanted to turn it off myself. But. <laughs> uh, how about you? Um, yeah, I'm officially uh, back to work after taking a week with the new baby arriving. So, you know, adjusting back into the workflow um, pr- pretty quickly, actually. <laughs> it, it almost felt like I didn't have the week off, but... Um, you know, just adjusting with the new family, uh, addition. So having a third is, is interesting and you got to kind of readjust everything you're doing. So, um, you know, just figuring all that out slowly as I go.
0: Yeah, I can
1: only imagine. I think, uh, I think two might be enough, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, knock on wood, you know, number three has been a very good baby thus far. So awesome. Yeah. So I mean, I think if it was the other way around. It would be much more of a nightmare. Our other two kids actually were a little tougher to handle in the beginning for various reasons. But this guy seems to be just, you know, only cries when he wants to eat, and that's pretty much it. Otherwise, he just hangs out, which is awesome. That's awesome.
0: Well, you're only a couple weeks in. uh We'll check in after another month and, and see if you're in the same boat.
1: Yeah, I just keep on knocking on wood all day long. Because every time <laughs> I say, every time I say that, I'm like, knock on wood, knock on wood. <laughs> We'll see how tomorrow is compared to today.
0: Before we get started, uh, if you have any questions, topics, or team scenarios that you want us to tear down, uh, you can give us a call at 860-577-2293
1: or email us at workflow at rindle.com. Yeah, also leave a review. um, That helps us reach more people, uh, gives us feedback, and keeps us rolling on on creating episodes every week. Great. So on to the main topic, which is, uh, is your team overworked? Yeah, I thought this was a great topic because, you know, I stumbled upon an article, which we'll reference for this topic. But, you know, our own personal experience, Tom, at our previous agency life and various companies we worked at, I know that this has always been a topic we've discussed, Mm -hmm. um, just about kind of teams, individuals, people being overworked, um, chaos, that kind of thing. Um, And I thought it just related well. And I stumbled upon this article um, on entrepreneur.com. Called it five signs that you're overworking your employees. So, you know, the perspective of the article is definitely from more of a founder or management perspective per se, um, but it really, the same principles really apply to team members, coworkers, things like that. Um, so I thought it was cool. Um, they they basically, you know, summarize like, hey, every employee in situation is different. It's really tough to tell, like, you know, if you're actually overworking your employees, but they're basically outlining the five signs to help you identify it because, every situation is different, every company is different, every employee is different. So really found it found it interesting.
0: All right, cool. So we're going to hop into each of the uh, five things that the article outlines and, and discuss each one from uh, our views and, and our experiences. Cool, Tom. So what's the first sign on the list? So the first sign is that people are working nights, early mornings and weekends. We never do that. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, that, that's an interesting thing to say that we never do that. So we're obviously... Um, founders of a startup now so we actually do that all the time um and i think that that is uh par for the course especially uh early on in a startup's uh a startup's life i think the founders especially are going to be doing those things um i I think what would be more concerning is if um our employees were also doing it uh all the time
1: yeah and i think the you know the article goes into kind of like talking about really employees right like paying attention to when your employees are working you know mm-hmm. if you have an office space or you know if you're using slack like us you know paying attention actually when people are doing stuff like are they working nights and weekends but i think you're right like as far as a worker's are definitely it's par for the course um but we don't necessarily expect our employees to do that but the article also talks about which i totally agree with you know there's a difference between a marathon and a sprint mm-hmm. you know so like I think the issue really and and historically has been for me like especially in the agency world is that it always felt like a marathon it was never ending right like like you talk about nights and weekends it it was just always just the next fire to put out the next deadline that was ridiculous right whatever the scenario was it just never stopped so that was i definitely related that to like the marathon and then the sprint side though makes sense right sometimes you just you have to put in extra time so like we do right and and sometimes we ask our our team members to chip in and be like hey you know we're working on this feature we have to test it we need you to put in a couple nights you know like sure but that should be a sprint right that should be the the exception not the norm it's a temporary thing you get it done and you move on you go back to the norm of of not working nights a week yeah,
0: I think uh, I think that this is common uh, throughout history, like of of businesses, right? Like, so we both like that show, "Halt and Catch Fire." Um, on that show, you can see them when they're like uh, about to wrap up a project. They, you know, they're sleeping in the office and doing whatever it can, just to, they can just to get the the project wrapped up and and done, right? And this was like the, the error, like kind of right around the start of the dawn of the internet right so like this is back in the day that's what they were doing but they weren't doing that every single day they were doing that you know right before the launch of the product um that's understandable again if you're doing that every weekend like in an agency type life like yeah that
1: you burn out right yeah that show halt and catch fire by the way is amc if anybody's interested but it is awesome um but yeah, the article itself talks about the sprint being like tax season for accountants. That's more of a general kind of example. Um, but, you know, ta- accountants do kind of minimal things. There's no fires really until, you know, January hits, right? And they're getting ready and going to through to April and it's like chaos. So, um, you know, I think that's a perfect example. And, and like, that's just par for the course, kind of like being a founder. Like you just know that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You, you get through it and, and you move on. But imagine if that was like all year long. And that's like the agency world (laughs) for us. It was just literally all that. And if there's no end in sight and there's like long hours and, you know, like in general, the article talks about like re-examining work assignments and staffing. I think that probably relates to like a lot of the agency challenges, at least that we faced was, you know, there always felt like there was never enough staff, right? So we were always trying to bend ourselves and do an extra project here, an extra project there, because we just didn't have enough people. Um, Because people are money and hours and all that stuff and expenses, Um, you know, and, and always trying to cram work on people's plates, So it's just a constant problem. I think our agency example is, you know, our world, but I'm sure this is happening in other types of companies. You know, I think we at Rindle do a fairly good job of controlling that. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think we definitely fall into the sprint nature. Um, but I'm sure there's some other types of companies that, like, it's constantly pushing and having staffing issues and all these, these things going on.
0: Sure. Yeah, I think another uh, example, it, like, my first job was in IT, and I was, like, an in-house programmer, but we also had to deal with, like, uh, server issues. So so one time in the middle of the night, uh, servers went down. Like, we had to go into the office. Um, just was what it was like and it wasn't that didn't happen that only happened once you know i had the job for a year that only happened one time and yeah it, it was kind of like eh, this this stinks but uh again that, that's like a one time thing and that's like part of just having a job and and like working in this sort of industry that's uh always going and, and very um you know always on call
1: yeah and i think the reality is that if you have the situation of the marathon regardless of the business or what you're, you know, working on or type of work you're doing, I think the the issue is that people will eventually burn out for various reasons, right? Um, So, you know, they're overworked, they're frustrated, emotions get out of whack, all kinds of things happen when you don't have kind of a break from the constant chaos. Um, So it's just a huge risk as far as like overworking employees, having unhappy employees and all that. Yeah. Yeah. When the marathon becomes uh, the norm, that's when, I think there's a a major problem. So the second sign um, is people are missing family commitments for the job. So the article goes into things like, you know, general unhappiness in a workplace. So if people are missing family commitments and other things, it's just going to be an unhappy situation, right? They're going to be kind of unhappy at work. Um, they reference in the article, a consultant, uh, I guess, who the, the author of the article uh, had this this actual situation happen, but there was a consultant who cried in his hotel room you know during a business trip because he missed his kid's first t- ball game um, so they're basically saying you know because of that, he moved to a more flexible job within the year. you know he was a talented guy, he was uh, a great performer, but you know he just couldn't deal with the, that job. that job was very demanding, traveling all the time was missing out on all of his family life.
0: yeah, that sounds awful um, <laughs> I, I I can basically say I don't think uh, I've ever missed a a family commitment because of my job, Um, especially like uh, since having, having kids, right? Like when, you know, you're single and like, I don't think it's necessarily uh, as big of a deal. Like, obviously, you know, you you don't want to be missing like holidays or whatever, but uh, like, it it becomes a, a huge deal. Once you, once you, you have kids,
1: like you, you don't want to be, you really don't want to be missing family commitments. Yeah, I think when you're young, you're generally ambitious and you want to prove yourself. And, you know, you're generally willing to go the extra mile. So you might not even realize you're being overworked because you're just like, yeah, I'm just going to, you know, kill it and, you know, be a rock star and prove myself and work myself up the ladder or whatever your goals are. So, but when you do have kids, though, everything changes because, you know, instead of the job being your priority, necessarily your top priority, you know, you now have your kids, which, typically fall into that top priority slot. So if you're, if your job is competing directly with your kid, you know, immediately, it's probably going to be tough. Um, I have one other example from when I was a chef, actually. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I was a chef early on in my career, actually, before I got into, you know, IT and software and stuff. But, you know, one of the reasons why I left chefing was because I realized that, well, I was working, you know, 55, 60 hours a week on a normal basis, sometimes 80, which is crazy. But, you know, you're also working all the holidays that my family was, you know, they were getting together and having fun. And I was always working holidays because being in a restaurant business, that's just, that's just what happens, right? Restaurants are open, hotels are open, and you need to to be there and, and you're typically a busy time for you so i was just missing out on everything and i was like and i was pretty young and i was like you know this just i can't see myself 10 15 years from now missing out on all this stuff especially when i have my own family and i just couldn't see it so i i literally switched to the to the it stuff and and kind of dropped everything and and headed in that direction which was crazy at the time but um that's one of the things that kind of drove me to a career change early on
0: yeah, I'm a big Anthony Bourdain fan. And I think in uh, his his book, Kitchen Confidential, he actually says that chefs tend to hang out with other chefs because uh, they work such odd hours, right? So <laughs> I guess you kind of experienced that uh, firsthand, right? Like you're working late nights, you're working, uh, you know, odd hours, basically working all the time. And, and yeah, that's
1: it, definitely going to be... It definitely is true. I mean, like, you know, my social time was always maybe at like... 10 11 o'clock at night and because it was so late like we'd all just go out to a a local restaurant or a bar or something that was open and and we'd hang out with each other because everybody else was kind of already in the middle of their night right like they're or even winding down their night some of people so um you know that we just hung out with each other it's kind of like uh, just what's happens and and also we the odd hours too because you know i used to start work at 2 p.m you know and work till 10 or 11. yeah so you know, it's just, that's not the normal shift. Everybody else is at work while I'm sleeping and I'm at work when they're hanging out. So, and then you'd have brunch on Sunday. So you'd be in, the, in at like 7am and well, yeah, <laughs> there you go. Well, I yeah. used to, at one point I was working 5am. I was opening the kitchen and had to be there at 5am, which was, <laughs> I'm not a morning person. So that wasn't pleasant. All right. So the third sign,
0: uh, people seem more emotional. So, uh, you know, these, th- these signs sort of trickle down, right? So if you're, overworked if you're if you're constantly doing the marathon if you're um missing missing family stuff you know you're gonna be
1: more emotional yeah and the article goes into things like you know obviously like a lot of the overworking you know causes things like sleep disruption and family difficulties because now there's tension and drama because you're missing stuff or whatever it might be um so ultimately that all creates more drama in a workplace and they also said, you know, another sign is that if you, if formerly rational people that, you know, you're kind of used to being generally calm, not so emotional, overall rational, then, you know, all of a sudden they seem more on edge. That's a really quick sign to be like, wow, something's going on. You know, it could be overworking, it could be something else, but something's changed because just the emotion is just coming out differently. We experienced some, uh, you know, tensions uh, on our calls, but
0: uh, overall, I don't, I've never really experienced this too much. Um in in the workplace where people are emotionally very, very different uh, because of being overworked, I don't think. I mean, we've definitely both experienced, um, you know, people acting a little bit, you know, emotional because of family difficulties for sure. But I'm not, I'm not so sure I've ever experienced uh, it because of people being
1: overworked. Well, you know, I think people seem more emotional like, uh, like emotional can be many things I mean I know sometimes when I'm overworked and stressed out I tend to be more short you know and and there's definitely a difference in my tone potentially a kind of like a dismissive right like like normally I'd be like yeah let's, let's talk about it right or and now kind of because I'm stressed out and I'm just you know whatever feeling anger or whatever it might be I'm feeling you know I'm kind of short and saying, yeah, okay, like you know, just kind of dismiss it and move on. So I, I know I do that myself, and obviously being a founder too, like we're, we're kind of dealing with a lot of stresses throughout the day, morning, night, night, et cetera. So it's tough to balance it. But you know, I think it does come out, and I think sometimes even in our own calls, we'll have a, a moment of tension or a mo- moment of some emotion, and then you know the weekend happens and we get on the, back together on Monday and. You know somebody to come back and say well yeah i thought about that over the weekend i was kind of like weird that i you know like i was having some stress my car broke down this you know whatever and mm-hmm. and you kind of you know move on and you realize that well wow, i was probably acting a little differently um cool so the fourth sign um is quality decreases overall um so the article talks about you know they reference a the harvard business review that states basically as employees work longer, they progressively work more stupidly on tasks that are increasingly meaningless, um, which I could totally understand myself. Um, we'll link that up in the show notes, so you can check that out as well. And they also talk about, you know, the, that exact reason is why, you know, as far as quality, why factory owners even, you know, back in the industrial age, you know, limited work days to eight hours, they were testing different hours, like longer shifts and all that stuff. But they found that eight hours was the perfect amount of time where they, they decreased, you know, errors and, and expensive mistakes and all those things, accidents where they had way more when it was 10, 12 hour shifts. So, you know, I think even current studies like this Harvest Business Review talks about current things proving that same point even from back then in the factory factory days. So I thought that was interesting. What's um, the saying work smarter, not harder? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's my motto. Um, but I think, do you know, the article talks about like generally mistakes increasing at the workplace, you know, because, you know, if you're just tired over work stress and all those things, you just, the focus just isn't the same. So I'm, I've seen it myself even like, I know when I'm tired, uh, actually, funny enough, last night, I literally wrote uh, like a, an outline for an article and I went back and read it and I was missing like, you know, like three words in one sentence. I'm <laughs> just like, okay, I think it's time for me to close my laptop and pick this up tomorrow. So, sure. you know, you'll definitely see kind of the increase in, in mistakes. The other thing that I kind of thought about when I was reading the article was like the general term of you can have it fast, cheap, or have it high quality. You can't have all three. And that's always been a motto that especially in the agency days, kind of we always would talk about. And a lot of times in our agency, at least that, you know, it was always fast, cheap, and high quality, which is just a lot to ask um so i think about that where it's like you know you can't expect to overwork somebody every night every week and over and over again and expect you know the the work to get done in a, a timely manner and it to be high quality and them to work constantly you know so it's the same kind of principle like you just can't have the perfect storm They're, we're not robots right so it's like something is always going to give um, or break or whatever. It could be the emotions, emotional state of the employee. It could be, they end up quit looking for another job, whatever it might be, like something will break. If you push all of those things over the edge, you know, beyond reason. Sure. Which actually leads right into the fifth sign,
0: which is voluntary turnover increases. Um, so yeah, obviously if you're pushing, 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 uh, people eventually quit, um,
1: people get burned out and one way or another end up leaving the company, I would say. Yeah, I think if you're, you know, the article is really going into like, you know, the sign being like, if you're seeing these higher levels of voluntary turnover, like especially with your key talent, there's probably something going on. Um, And, you know, I know even from our agency days that, you know, agencies specifically are, you know, high turnover, which, you know, is just probably because of the chaos and everything we've been talking about. Um, But, you know, it, it does have a high turnover rate and you know uh, especially with talented people because if they if you know they have talent they can produce and they're delivering uh value um and they're just being abused they will look you know elsewhere um, yeah I, I know yeah firsthand um
0: that basically is what happened to me i i got burned out i was starting to get really tired of just the constant uh you know the constant pressure of uh delivering faster and faster and and quality wasn't there and whatever else. And I, I looked for a job in startup and I really wanted to get into a startup. So that's what I did. Yeah. Um, and honestly, uh, you know, switching to a startup was awesome. And I, I, did not experience, uh, any of these things really in a startup, um, other than, you know, uh, there was, you know, a deadline and we had to rush work a little later some nights to, to, to meet that deadline. But, you know, that's, again, it's par for the course. Um, for any job you're gonna some days have to put in more more hours
1: yeah yeah and the article like talks about like you know like talking about just talented people right like key talent like those are the people that normally are like ambitious and normally like eager to take on more work and will kind of go the extra mile without you having to ask them and all that stuff however you know if those key people are are kind of missing family obligations they're not receiving promotions or raises feel undervalued all those things they'll decide to move on because they know they can right just like you did So, I mean, I had a very similar experience where, you know, I had to find another job in order to get the salary increase I deserved Right. Like I was pushing, there was no, not any reception, you know, kind of saying like, yeah, like we're gonna get you there or whatever. Um, just no, nobody was really, um, pulling the trigger on it. So I ended up just going to get another job and, um, you know, I ended up, they ended up countering me, which got me the salary that I wanted. Um, which is a whole nother point of not to take counter offers because my recruiter told me, you know, um, when you accept a counter, usually you end up leaving in the next six months anyway, which actually happened. Um, but you know, I had to do that to get what I thought I deserved, which is terrible, you know, and, and if you value, obviously they valued me, they countered me and they gave me what I wanted. So why did it have to get to that point? Right. So obviously they were ignoring the signs and you know uh, what was happening. Um, yeah, well, I, I think it's also just to clarify
0: there, um, it, it it might have not really been about the money. Um, you but when you're overworked and you're uh, you know running this marathon constantly, um, you you kind of are you feel undervalued and and people, I, I, at least I instantly equate value with with monetary gain. Um, so like more money might keep you in that game a little bit longer, but ultimately like, uh, you know, all the money in the world isn't going to keep you, keep you yeah. working like, you know, yeah. 90 hour weeks, week. Well,
1: it wasn't the re my reasoning for the salary increase wasn't because, oh, well, I'm being overworked and abused, so I need more money. You know, I really did feel undervalued, like I wasn't being paid what I should be, whether overworked or not. But yeah, it's definitely a valid point because, you know, sometimes you're overworked and you're like, well, I just need more. If I got more, I'd be happier because then I would feel like they're seeing that I'm doing all this work and they're willing to pay me more for it, right? Yeah. But yeah, like like you're saying, in the end, you're still overworked and you're still miserable. Uh, You have a little more money in your pocket. Yep. But ask people in the financial world how that is. I mean, some people like
0: it, but (laughs) there's a lot of burnout in that world. So what are some
1: tips for taking action? Yeah, I think just overall, just, you know, even with that last example I gave, I think paying attention to how your team members are acting is really important. um, Whether you're a manager or coworker uh, and communicating about potential issues. Like I think a lot of times, even myself, like you see things happening and you might even talk about it with somebody, but nothing really happens. (laughs) And then that builds and builds and then you have an issue. And then only when the issue occurs – Does the fire get put out or you go into emergency mode? So I think with kind of overworking, especially like you have to pay attention to what's going on, pay attention to what you're, if you're a manager, what you're assigning to people, what you're asking of them, and just be really super aware and, you know, overly over communicated, if you will, just to make sure everybody's feeling good about what's going on. Um, I think you also need to have
0: uh, good managers, right? So if you are being overworked as an employee, um, you need to be able to talk to your manager and uh, try to get it resolved like is it because the deadline is just ridiculous uh, do we need to talk to the client is their wiggle room like the, this is something that you, you know if, if you have project managers or a product manager like th- that's their job to kind of you know make sure that the team feels comfortable with the deadline
1: and um, and you're not being pushed too hard over and over and over again yeah, I had, you know, this, this exact scenario basically happened to me where, you know, like, you basically have to you know, not be afraid to communicate and raise your hand and talk to your boss or talk to your coworkers about it, whatever's going on. But, you know, I did this myself, I was truly being overworked, constant nights and weekends. Um, and really, the thing that got everybody's attention was when I said, hey, like the quality of my work, like I know the quality of my work is suffering, like severely. Mm-hmm. You know, and that really got their attention. It wasn't so much that I was tired and overworked and working nights and weekends. But when they finally realized that, well, well, ultimately what you think I'm good at is really like subpar at this point, because you're just, it's just some stretch too thin. Um, so you, you got to communicate it early and often with everything else, you know, and, and make sure people hear you understand. Um, and then I always like to do that anyway, because then if I end up looking for another job or doing something different, then at least I've done my due diligence and communicated how I feel right? You don't don't want to keep it bottled up and then expect it to solve itself, right? One of my favorite terms of of words of wisdom or whatever, you know, is tomorrow's another day. And, you know, I think I even learned this myself through managing other people that, you know, in your gut, you kind of want things done immediately and you want things done quickly, but you have to realize that just tomorrow's another day. And, you know, we're going to go home, we're going to go have dinner and relax and come back and go back at it again. And, you know, you should be able to schedule your work, um, have resources properly allocated, all these things that should happen, right? Um, and really those things should be sprints, like we talked about, not marathons. And, you know, it, when at the end of the day comes, you should be able to pack it up and pick it up the next day, you know, uh, unless you're in that sprint mode.
0: Yeah, well, and, and also like there comes a point where it just isn't worth pushing anymore because like uh, you aren't uh, going to be doing good work Sure. And it's just going to take longer. Like you, you just got to recharge the engines and, and get back at it um, with a, you know, a fresh head the next day.
1: Yeah. And even, you know, even when we're doing our quote unquote sprints, right. And, and we might decide, Hey, let's meet up tonight and do some work. You know, we're not going right from the work day right into the evening. Right. Like we're taking a break, we're eating dinner, we're spending some time with our families. Right. And then we pick it back up for a couple hours. Right. Or whatever we need to do. So, you know, it's like you, in order to even do those two, three, four hours at night, you know, that break has to happen, right? You can't just go all the way through from, you know, your eight hour day now stretching it right through and expect the quality to be consistent and, and nobody to burn out. Right. Like you need to have a a fresh mind and be able to focus. Sure.
0: So yeah, that, that's uh, another reason why you should take, take your vacation time, Uh, you know, take time away from the office with uh, family, with friends, and, and you know, nowadays, you know, there's all these companies that are like, Oh, unlimited vacation time or whatever. And, and they're finding that like, people are taking less vacation time because of that. But you just you, you got to book your vacation time ahead of time, tell your manager, Hey, I'm taking a vacation and, and do it. Um, And, and don't be afraid to do it. Um, every, Everyone needs a break.
1: Yeah, you got to take the I mean, that's like, you have to do it. People that I think some people almost wear it like a badge of honor, like, Oh, I didn't take any vacation this year. Like, I've been really like working hard. <laughs> you yeah. know, that might be, that might be true, but you may not be doing your best work because you didn't really have that release of having a week or two off for of that year. Right. Or whatever you're, how many weeks you have, you know, mm-hmm. and not recharging. And, and especially when you have family, like you're saying, like, you know, you need to have that time, you know, and, and cause yeah, sometimes we are going, you know, Hard, right? And and you know you do miss out on some stuff just because you have to, and that's why that time is like even more important. Yeah. So the last point is really just you know understand that there will be times when you have to work extra, um, but it shouldn't be the norm. You know, and like I don't think anybody's saying uh, in that article or what we're even talking about today is that like hey you shouldn't work ever work extra. You should work nine to five and you know have the stringent you know work ethic. It's really not the case. There are definitely going to be times in various industries and jobs that you're going to have to work extra. But, you know, it should really never be the norm or else you will get burned out. So if you're feeling that happening, communicate it. Uh, if you're a manager, make sure that doesn't become the norm and, and you'll be good.
0: Yeah, and, and I think that's important uh, that if you are a manager and you're seeing an employee like fall into this, like you, you want to stop that early, right? You, you, initially, you might be like, oh, this is awesome. They're working so hard. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you, you, you kind of want to hold them back to some extent. Like you don't want them burning out. Um, yeah and,
1: and a lot of times people again wear it with a badge of honor where it's like oh i can handle it i can handle it you know mm-hmm. i'm like that sure you know, i i did that you know as a pm uh you know i was supposed to have you know eight to ten projects and i had 15 right and i was like yeah i could do 15 you know mm-hmm. <laughs> and then then it became 17 then i was suffering so it's like uh, a lot of times people as a manager they won't come up to you and say i'm overworked right which is what we're saying you should do but Sometimes they don't. And as a manager, if you're aware of something, talk to them. Like, what's going on? How many, you know, are are you overworked? Do you have too much on your plate? Is there something going on personally? And help them as a manager put that fire out, right? And help them solve that problem, however it might be. Maybe it needs to be a a staffing hire, right? Because something's changing in the business. Maybe they need a vacation. Maybe they need some help from you temporarily. You know, whatever it might be. Um, Similar to a project manager role, right? A manager role in general is to help, you know, your team. and help put out fires, help get things done. Well, I think that about wraps us up for the day. If you have a question for us, you can call into our
0: voicemail number at 860-577-2293, or you can email it to us at workflow at rindle.com. Our theme music is an excerpt from Thunder Rock by Magic Studio used under Creative Commons. Subscribe to us on iTunes by searching for Workflow and visit rindle.com slash workflow.com. podcast for a full transcript of each episode. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.